As Medicare shifts toward rewarding value-based health care, less and less reimbursement will be based on a fee-for-service model. Provider organizations operating under new payment structures will have to figure out how to encourage physicians to provide better care at lower cost. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Dhruv Kular, a resident in internal medicine at Massachusetts General Hospital. Dr. Kular has co-authored a perspective article about promoting high-value care by creating incentives for physicians based on behavioral economics concepts. Dr. Kular, you write that most behavioral economics work in healthcare is focused on influencing the behavior of patients, not physicians. Why do you think that's the case, and have those interventions been successful? I think it's right that most behavioral economics work in healthcare has been focused on changing patient behavior. We've examined things like can we use behavioral economics to help patients lose weight or quit smoking or exercise more. And I think it makes sense because a lot of public health and healthcare promotion is trying to change patient behavior, but I think what we need to recognize is that on the other side of the coin is trying to help physicians and other providers provide better, more evidence-based, high-value care. And here, what we wanted to explore is whether some of those same concepts can be used to help providers and health systems make better decisions that perhaps more closely adhere to guidelines or make decisions that help reduce systemic insufficiencies. And there have been a number of interesting health policy changes, as you noted, most notably recently, Medicare moving towards alternative payment models and aiming to have 50% of all payments under these models in 2018, but ultimately all healthcare, I think, occurs at the provider and patient level. And so we became interested in this interaction and how these concepts might inform how we can do a better job there. You write in your article about certain techniques that provider organizations can use to influence physicians' behavior, uh, resetting defaults, offering upfront incentive payments. How strong is the evidence that those types of strategies can actually change practice? I think what we were trying to do here is provide a theoretical foundation to pilot new physician compensation models. As I mentioned, much of the work of behavioral economics and healthcare so far has been done on the patient side, but a lot of these concepts like loss aversion, resetting defaults, using things to tinker with the timing and the frequency of payments, they've been found to be very effective in other areas. And so I'll take one example, the power of defaults or status quo bias. People are far more likely to stick with the default option even when different or better options become available. So we see this in a variety of healthcare and non-healthcare settings. Employees are far more likely to enroll in 401k plans, for instance, when they have to opt out rather than opt into these plans. Health insurance beneficiaries often remain in older and more expensive plans even when cheaper options become available. And organ donation rates, for example, in countries that have opt-out policies are substantially higher than in countries that have opt-in policies. And so one possible application that you could see an ACO that's trying to get their providers to prescribe more generic drugs is to have their electronic order entry program default to generic drugs instead of brand name ones. And perhaps clinicians would be more likely to prescribe generics and patients may be more likely to take generics because of the lower cost. You spoke about building the conceptual framework for these kinds of changes. Are, in fact, any of them being implemented at the moment? There was an interesting study that came out of the Massachusetts General Hospital recently in which they were trying to increase the usage of electronic 
prescribing and improving hand hygiene. And they published a paper in Health Affairs recently which found that physicians who are given upfront incentive payments in advance of a measurement period, kind of taking advantage of the idea of loss aversion, so they were given these payments in advance and asked to perhaps return them at the end if they didn't meet certain goals, they found this to be a very effective strategy, and most physicians who were surveyed also believed that it had increased their focus on quality of care, and the majority wanted it to continue. So there are places around the country that are starting to pilot some of these new physician compensation models. And I will say that the important part about these payments also was that they were separated from the physician's regular paychecks, and this helps increase the salience of those payments. You also write that making public some component of physicians' performance could enhance the effect of these monetary incentives. That seems controversial. Do you foresee any pushback from physicians about that sort of approach? I think there will be. I think we've already seen that with other areas of medicine that we've tried to make public, that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be a very effective strategy, I think. Ego is not in and of itself a behavioral economics concept, but I think it can sometimes be helpful for driving behavioral changes in much the same way that other concepts do. I think it's sometimes related to this idea of overplacement bias, where individuals tend to overestimate their ranking among peers and any information to the contrary, for instance, learning that one's rank on a specific metric is lower than expected can be used to spur better performance. But I think organizations also have to be mindful and they have to be sensitive that not all physicians would appreciate this kind of transparency. And so it's a decision that will have to be made within organizations, I think. And going further, as you say in your article, not all decisions in healthcare would actually benefit from behavioral economics concepts. What areas are not amenable? Are there examples of attempts to use behavioral economics that have backfired in medicine? I think, as you point out, one of the main challenges with using these behavioral economic incentives is trying to figure out exactly what behaviors, what provider behaviors, what patient behaviors, what system inefficiencies are good incentives for those payments. And I think the most effective applications will probably be behaviors that fall into three buckets. One is evidence or interventions that have a very strong evidence base. So you might want to incent or use behavioral economics applications to incent things like ensuring guideline-based statin therapy or increasing colonoscopy rates. Another bucket is things that are kind of systemic inefficiencies. So promoting noontime discharges or early hospital discharges. Clearly, these are things that are important, but sometimes fall through the cracks because there's a kind of diffusion of responsibility for making it happen. And the third bucket, I would say, is incenting behaviors that are neglected because they are difficult or inconvenient, not because they are viewed as somehow unnecessary or arbitrary. So most providers probably think that switching to electronic prescribing is a good thing, but there may be a pretty large activation energy to change your workflow or your practice style. And so I think those are kind of initially what I would say is the best targets for behavioral economics intervention. I think something that, for whatever reason, physicians disagree with or they view as kind of an arbitrary intrusion or that they don't think would help advance patient care, I think those are things that they get a lot of pushback on. Finally, what are other industries doing? What can healthcare providers learn about the use of behavioral economics concepts in other fields? A number of industries kind of all across the spectrum are using paper performance incentives and trying to implement um, behavioral economics concepts as well. 
one area is kind of from the management literature in which they found that implementing things like tiered thresholds can be very effective. So suppose you want your employee or your provider to do X 75% of the time. One might envision a scheme in which you give payments for having 75% of your panel at HA1C goal or in another industry of making some kind of mark at 75%. And you might envision another scheme in which you have payments for reaching a 50% or 60% or 70% threshold. And behavioral economics suggests that the latter is far more effective, and this is borne out in the management literature as well, and this is motivated by something called goal gradient theory, which suggests that people's tendency to achieve a goal increases with their proximity to the goal. So there was a very notable study that comes from analyzing people's behavior at coffee shops. So when they are given buy 10, get one free promotions, the authors find that the time in between coffee purchases decreases significantly as we approach the free coffee. And so you could see that in medicine or in other industries, providers that are very far away from a particular target are unlikely to achieve more effort to achieve it, while those who have already reached the goal have no additional incentive to devote more resources. So implementing a tiered tiered threshold payment scheme can be one way to get around this problem. Thank you, Dr. Kular.